Good morning. Good morning. Happy morning. Monday morning, humans. Good morning, humans. How are you? This is Ellie Krug with Ellie 2.0 on AM 950. I am thrilled to be back. I am thrilled to be with you on your Monday morning commute or as you prepare to go and commute. And um, guess what? Today is two days after what was Transgender Day of Visibility. So every March 31st is the 30, is the, the day of visibility for transgender people. The day is dedicated to showing your support, that would be you, non-transgender people, your support for the transgender community and recognizing the accomplishments of transgender people. So there you go. That happened two days ago. And, and today, what I would like to do for my um, block A, my A segment of this show, is to talk about a transgender activist, somebody who's been described as the Rosa Parks of the transgender movement, of actually the Rosa Parks of the LGBTQ movement, and that is a woman named Marsha Johnson, Marsha P. Johnson. She, she is someone who RuPaul, those of you who watch popular television, will remember that RuPaul, the 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 man who is on uh, the drag queen show called Marsha P. Johnson his inspiration and a quote-unquote true drag queen mother. Um, so, uh, so there you go about that. Now, just for a little bit of information, drag is where men dress as women. Um, being transgender is a little bit more different than that. That is where um, your brain chemistry tells you that you're actually female. And, uh, but the roots of the transgender community are with drag queens, such as Marsha P. Johnson. And Marsha P. Johnson actually was gender variant, so she went across all over the place. She was born in Elizabeth, New Jersey, graduated from high school in 1963. She began wearing dresses when she was five years old, and of course she was bullied. And uh, one of those bullies um, actually sexually assaulted her when she was a child. Um, after high school, she went to New York City, uh, where she changed um, her presentation on a full-time basis from male to female, and she gave herself the name Marsha P. Johnson. She took the name Johnson from the downtown Howard Johnsons in New York City, and the P stands for, according to her, pay it no mind. That's what the P stands for, pay it no mind relative to her gender. In other words, she's just showing up as who she is, who she was was. You'll get the rest of the story in a second. In the mid-1960s, Marsha Johnson, Marsha P. Johnson, did what a lot of gender variant people did at that time. She did drag queen performances in clubs, and then she engaged in sex crimes and prostitution. That was, um, that was and is what still has continued uh, to be called survival crimes, that people engage in prostitution for survival purposes because they can't find other jobs um, and it's the way that you can get money in order to live. I'm not endorsing it, I'm just explaining it. Part of the um, homosexual and drag queen community in the 1960s was centered in Greenwich Village and they would collect at a place called the Stonewall Inn on Christopher Street. Now, you may know about the Stonewall Inn because on June 28th in 1969, which is considered the tipping point for the tr modern, modern LGBTQ movement, 
that there was a riot at the Stonewall Inn on June 28, 1969. And that riot began after um, the New York City police entered the Stonewall Inn to harass and arrest patrons of that bar. Because in 1969, it was illegal to engage in sexual acts if you were gay. That was illegal. And so the police would often target and harass the LGBTQ community at that time. They went into the Stonewall Inn. And for the first time ever, uh, LGBTQ people fought back. And Johnson... Marsha Johnson is credited as being one of the first people to fight back. She's being credited as one of the first people to throw a brick um, through the window of a police car, which helped str uh, strike and trigger, trigger the, the riot. After Stonewall, Johnson joined the Gay Liberation Front and took part in the very first Pride Parade in New York City. That would actually be the very first Pride Parade in the United States that happened in June of 1970, a year after the Stonewall riots. And then shortly after that, um, Johnson and another gender-variant activist by the name of Sylvia Rivera founded an organization called the Street Transvestite Action Revolutionaries, or STAR. It, they, and in doing that, in establishing STAR, they created the first ever shelter for gay and transgender street kids. They called it the STAR House. However, that did not last very long. Um, the Star House wasn't to be around for very long, but the great thing was it became a template for future uh, similar shelters for LGBTQ youth. As the gay liberation movement gelled, Johnson and other transgender activists actually then began to face a different form of discrimination. No longer were they only fighting the police, no longer were they only fighting the political establishment, but beginning after Stonewall, when gay and lesbian people were starting to band together and realize that they had political clout, that community, that were gays and lesbians, started to discriminate against transgender people, against gender variant people, because they feared that the straight community, that would be the non-gay or lesbian community, the non-transgender community, uh, they feared that, that, that having transgender people at the table would create a distraction that that straight people would feel that if you had transgender people at this at the table that it was all about them and gay and lesbian people started to marginalize transgender people this is a very historical fact and it's actually something that the transgender community has been dealing with ever since although things have gotten incredibly better in the last 10 years or so Life was not easy for Marsha Johnson. She was arrested more than 100 times. Many of those were on prostitution charges. Once she was even shot, she also suffered from various serious mental health issues and had um, a number of psychiatric hospitalizations. Nonetheless, she was viewed as a leader of the community. She was, and notwithstanding the marginalization that she was getting from gays and lesbians, she was still somebody who was looked to for leadership. She was not afraid to speak out. However, on July 4th of 1992, um, so we're now talking about 14 years after Stonewall, excuse me, 13 years after Stonewall, after the, on July 4th, after a few days after the 1992 Pride Parade, Johnson's body was found in the Hudson River. She, was she had drowned. 
and police at first said that it was suicide, but friends then later claimed that they saw a massive wound to the back of her head, and they claimed that she had been murdered. In fact, there were reports of Johnson being harassed by men who were robbing other people. There was another report of of someone seeing a man fight Johnson shortly before her body was found, and that man later bragged about killing a drag queen named Marsha. However, the police in New York were indifferent, and they, for a long time, closed that investigation. Later, at the urging of transgender activists, that investigation was reopened in, uh, I think, uh, 2012. However, it remains open. It's still a cold case. Marsha Johnson's death and her life was the subject of a Netflix film, The Death and Life of Marsha P. Johnson. And so you can go and see that on Netflix if you would like. You can also read about her. Marsha Johnson's death is a reminder of the brutality that transgender women face in general. I happen to be one of those. But also transgender women of color face in particular... Um, as they face horrible violence. And in fact, in 19, in, excuse me, in 2017, I mean, we're just talking last year, there were 28 deaths of transgender people. Most of them were transgender women, and most of those transgender women who were murdered, and this, I'm just talking about the United States, not in the world. The world, the numbers are much higher. But in the United States, most of those transgender people murdered last year in the United States were women of color. As I researched Martha Johnson's life, I came across a very meaningful quote. Quote, How many years does it take for people to see that we're all brothers and sisters and human beings in the human race? I mean, how many years does it take for people to see that we're all in this race together? Unquote. Those words are exactly my sentiments. Those are the words, I say very similar words very often when I speak um, to audiences, that we are just human, that it's all about surviving the human condition. Martha Johnson, I stand on her shoulders. I am here because she was brave enough to stand up for herself, for other members of the transgender community, as well as for lesbians and gays. Thank you, Martha. Thank you, Marsha, excuse me, Marsha Johnson. Thank you so very much for having protected me. You've been listening to LE 2.0, a different kind of radio show, one that taps into idealism that all of us have as we make a better, more inclusive world. You're listening to me, Ellie Krug. If you like what you hear, email me at Ellie2.0. That's Ellie2.0radio at gmail.com. When I come back, I will do my B segment and talk about um, some other things. Thanks. Brending Electrolysis on Grand Avenue in St. Paul has been a leader in permanent hair removal for people of all skin types and backgrounds for over 30 years, celebrating diversity and priding themselves on finding the right treatment plan for each client's individual needs, regardless of race or gender. Services include electrolysis, body waxing, facials, microneedling, and permanent makeup. Book your 60-minute complimentary consultation, including a 15-minute treatment today, for beautiful, lasting results. Visit BrendingElectrolysis.com. 
What kind of a jackass would let an animal pick their insurance? Did you really think a lizard could save you money on car insurance? Would you let a duck pick your health policy? Insurance can be a zoo, but this is ridiculous. What you really need is an insurance agent that isn't looking out for the insurance companies. You need Cheryl at Array, an independent agent with 30 years experience looking for the best rate possible. Quit monkeying around and call 763-504-3067. That's 763-504-3067 for Cheryl at Array, representing you, not the insurance companies. Crazy about pets? We are too. The Pet Connection Show is a great venue for fun, informative, and creative conversations about pets. Join myself, Kathy Menard, and Dr. Nicole Parole, along with guests who are leaders in the dynamic and growing pet industry, as we discuss healthcare, relationships, behaviors, and even political issues as they relate to our pets. So come, sit, stay for the Pet Connection Show, Sundays 11 a.m. to noon on AM 950 Radio, the progressive voice of Minnesota. Hi, Matt McNeil for Rudy Luther Toyota. My first Toyota love was the RAV4 back in 1998. When I was traveling in February, I needed a rental car, and I jumped at the opportunity to drive one again. The RAV4 is fantastic with all the bells and whistles you need, and it has all the modern safety features to keep us safe. Comfort as we vacationed. It fit all five of us and our luggage with ease. I was able to revisit my first love. Now, you can fall in love for yourself by test driving a RAV4 today at Rudy Luther Toyota, the southeast corner of 394 and 169. Burger Mo's is the perfect neighborhood gathering spot before and after Excel Center events or anytime. Mo is serious about burgers, offering 20 fresh, never frozen varieties. Burger Mo's also offers delicious appetizers, soups, salads, as well as unburgers, dogs, paninis, shakes, and desserts. Not to mention more than 60 beers on tap and happy hours twice daily. Burger Mo's is located at 242 West 7th Street in St. Paul with plenty of free parking and online at BurgerMo's.com. Hi, it's Tom Hartman. You know, Continental Diamond is special for a lot of reasons. The owners are Jimmy and Helene Pessis, a husband and wife team who had a dream to open their own store more than 30 years ago. They've built a business that is the gold standard. The readers of Minnesota Bride Magazine have named Continental Diamond the best jeweler for the last seven years. Why? Amazing, friendly, no-pressure customer service, a selection of fine diamonds and design jewelry unlike anywhere else, and the fresh-baked chocolate chip cookies are pretty great, too. Continental Diamond in St. Louis Park and at ContinentalDiamond.com. Welcome back to LE 2.0 and AM 950. This is a show where I'm not afraid to call myself a practical idealist and where I talk about how together we can make the world a better place. Um, on my first segment, I talked about Marsha P. Johnson. Um, a, a woman of color, a black woman who helped um, set the foundation for transgender people in America and on whose shoulders I stand. For this segment, my B block, I would like to talk about what it means to be a transgender in light of the fact that just two days ago we had Transgender Day of Visibility. Um, and I want to talk about that, particularly given that just not even two weeks ago, our president um, issued a memorandum reaffirming the transgender ban that he had tweeted in existence uh, last summer. And uh, that, uh, that reaffirmation occurred, which included um, him confirming now that the Secretary of State um, has decided um, that people, transgender people with a history or diagnosis of gender dysphoria and, and audience members 
you're transgender, you do have a diagnosis of, of gender dysphoria, that those individuals um, uh, uh, are disqualified from military service except under certain limited circumstances. So in other words, um, just as the president tweeted last summer, for the most part, transgender people are not allowed to serve in the military. And so I want to talk in this segment, in this block, and with that as the background, about the fact that there are two Americas right now as it relates to transgender people. One of those Americas is the Trump and Pence America. The rest of it, the other America, is the rest of America. The rest of the, rest of the, the good people that understand um, things about transgender people and also about anyone else who is other. So let me just start off by explaining how the world is for transgender people. First, um, I have legal rights in only 20 states. I, thankfully, I have legal rights here in, Mass in Minnesota. I'm protected as it relates to my employment, my housing, health care, a number of other things. However, um, Minnesota is only one of 20 states that have such protections. And the fact remains that it's possible for me to drive from the Canadian border to the Mexican border through the United States without encountering a state where I have legal rights. The practical effect of that, me, of that is, is that I could need, to, on that long road trip, need to stop in Kansas to get a, a room at a motel and the innkeeper at the motel could refuse to, uh, to give me a room, even though I'm ready to pay with cash, could refuse to give me that room because he, he does not like transgender people or from a religious standpoint, he refuses to recognize the existence of transgender people. And if that happened to me in Kansas, I would have no legal rights. Other facts. In 2017, 15 separate states considered bathroom bills. That would be bills that targeted transgender people about something as simple and basic as their ability to use public restrooms or restrooms at workplaces. Um, transgender people have the highest incidence of attempted suicide. Our attempted suicide rate is 40 times that of non-transgender people. Another fact is that a recent study of 81,000 Minnesota teenagers found that nearly 3% of those studied were gender variant or transgender. I mean, that's a lot of people when you think about it, 3%. The fact of the matter is that no one really knows the number, the true number of gender variant people, transgender parent people, gender nonconforming people, all of that thing. No one knows that number because most of us are scared to death to be who we are. But we're, but we're showing up more and more. Another fact, in February, the Kansas um, GOP, by a voice vote of 180 people, passed a, a, a platform resolution that, quote-unquote, opposes all efforts to validate transgender identity, unquote. In that resolution, um, transgender people were told that they were passing that rev re resolution because... Uh, the GOP loves us in Kansas because the GOP believes that transgender people are pained. And if we transition genders, that we would be in so much incredible pain. So their, their rationale is to not recognize us, to not allow us to transition genders, to avoid us having pain. That, and, and that they love us. That's why they're doing it, because it's out of love.
how does all of this go into you being transgender if you're a transgender person? I read it day in and day out about government elected officials who do not want me, don't even want me to be able to use the restroom. I hear on the news our president erasing my group of my community from the military service. I hear religious leaders demeaning me, telling, saying that transgender people are sick. Some radio commentators equate us to child molesters. And then, of course, there have been uh, TV ads, even, um, um, political TV ads about how we would molest uh, little girls in, uh, transgender women would molest little girls in restrooms. I've got to tell you, it wears on you. It feels like my government, the one that I pay taxes to, doesn't only not care about me, but actually wants to erase me, wants to erase me from the face of the earth. It's not about limiting me. It's about making me not, not here anymore. Now, I am a 61-year-old transgender woman. I'm a product of a dozen therapists and 17 years of therapy, and I've got great coping skills. And while at times this is difficult for me to hear, it's... Um, it's something that I can get by with. I can deal with it. But I worry so much about our young people, our adolescents, our teens, our young 20-somethings who don't have those coping skills. This is where that high attempted suicide rate, and actually it's a very high suicide rate because we're darn good at it. This is where that comes into play. And when we get past the politics, past the Trump-Pence America, when we get past people who are under the thumbs of ultra-conservative groups, when we get past all of that, when we get to the point where everybody realizes that we are all just human, I find a different America. I find an America where I can be on the radio in Mississippi, in the heart of Mississippi and be told by a 64-year-old quote-unquote compassionate conservative with seven grandkids that he respects me. I can, I, in that America, I can find compassion and understanding. I can find an America in, in rural places, in rural Minnesota, in rural other states, where my presence at meetings, where I can go and speak um, where people will come up to me afterwards and tell me, thank you for being you. It's an America where I go and speak and the sponsor gets accolades from people in the meeting for being brave enough to bring me to come and speak. I go to places in America where I speak and I hear from grandmothers about their grandchildren who are transgender, who, who come up to me with tears in their eyes thanking me for speaking about what it means to be human. That America, the one that is not the Trump-Pence America, but rather is the much larger, loving, kind, empathetic America, that is the America that I see every day and that I try and remind myself of when our government issues crazy, silly, marginalizing edicts about transgender people in the military. It is that America, the larger America, where I hope that I will be, that I will be a firm part of when 
my, com- my end comes. For the Trump-Pence America, I will have compassion for you. I will, because I believe that much of what you do is grounded out of ignorance rather than out of hatred, although there are some that do hate me. I know that. But I will tell you, Trump-Pence America, when your words and your actions cause young transgender girls and transgender boys to harm themselves or to want to harm themselves, I will resist you. I will resist you, Trump-Pence America, because of that, because those kids have no one to protect them. I will do all in my power to stop you from harming those children. And listeners, two last things. If you're transgender or the parent or a relative of a friend of a transgender kid struggling um, in that first America, that Trump-Pence America, contact me. You can email me at le2.oradio at gmail.com. I will be happy to talk with you to help or to talk with the transgender person in your life who is struggling. The second thing, and I mean this, Have me speak to your organization. I will come and talk about what it means to be transgender. I will explain how it's not a choice and how, as I said at the beginning of this show, as Marsha Johnson reminded, that we are all brothers and sisters and human beings. You've been listening to me, Ellie Krug, with Ellie 2.0. I hope you've enjoyed the show. You can go to my website at elliekrug.com and learn more about me. A big thanks to my producer, um... Uh, Sam, Sam, uh, you rock. I really appreciate all that you do. Um, I will be back next Monday with more about idealism and how I'm rocking to try and change the world. Thank you. Thank you.